If you want to get somebody's attention, just tell them a great story. Hi, this is your host, Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. We're 184 episodes into this series, and with every episode, we learn something new about strength, about courage, hope, perseverance, and the power of love. When we share our stories, we give each other a roadmap, a way to get to that goal or that dream. And I feel so fortunate to bring these women to you wherever you are. And speaking of women's stories, that reminds me to invite you to subscribe today to a new quarterly magazine created by and for women. It's called Living Crew. Just go to livingcrewcrue.com and punch in Candy O and you will get 20% off your first year subscription. On with the show. For this interview, we're taking a road trip to a little town. It's near the Massachusetts, New Hampshire border. It's called Chelmsford. And we're going to visit with a young woman who is best described as the queen of the pivot. A gifted singer, she started singing in church when she was seven years old. And then she spent her teen years and her early adulthood as part of a hugely successful group that toured the country called Angels Among Us. She's even performed on iconic stages like Madison Square Garden. And the group was getting some serious attention from record labels. And then overuse of her voice caused thickening of the vocal cords. She had to leave the group and rest her voice. And ultimately, she was forced to let her singing career go. And she had to reimagine the next chapter of her life. Now, she is the owner of Chantilly Place Bridal Boutique, where she makes sure that Every one of her brides feels like the most beautiful version of themselves on their wedding day. So if you like shows like Say Yes to the Dress, you're probably going to enjoy getting to know this week's guest. And if you're planning your own wedding, congratulations. And you might want to check out her website, ChantillyPlace.net, for some ideas and some inspiration. Her name is Colleen Ferry, and this is her story. Colleen, welcome to the show. And thank you for inviting us into this gorgeous bridal store. Thank you for having me. How long have you been here in this location? And how many dresses are in this store? So I've been in this location four years. There is probably about 300 bridal gowns, 200 evening wear gowns. Yeah, we have a large selection. There's a lot of sparkle in this joint. There is a lot of sparkle, a lot of lace. Yes. <laughs> when a woman comes into your store, how do you engage? How do you get to know her a little bit and know what she wants? I think it's just about asking the right questions. You know, how did they get engaged? How do they envision their wedding? Just kind of getting to know their personality. Some brides know exactly what they think they're looking for. Others need direction, but it's just kind of knowing people. It's such a happy time in people's lives, though. You get to be a part of it. It's really exciting. This career as a small business owner is not what you had imagined you would be doing as a child. So in the case of you, you're a young woman. I usually wait for a while to ask the childhood question, but we're going to go right back to that. This is your hometown. Give us a glimpse of what life was like in your house when you were growing up. Brothers, sisters, what was that like? Yep, I have a sister. I have an older sister. I'm the baby. I also had step-siblings, so we had a mixed household, really busy, hardworking single mother. I had a lot to aspire to. My mom was amazing. She did everything for us and taught hard work and 
you know, really pushed to follow your dreams. Yeah. Did you have a strict upbringing or was it kind of laid back? It was laid back in a way, but it also did have a lot of structure. Um, I did grow up singing five, six days a week, starting at seven years old. Well, so that's where we're going to go. That's some structure. Can't <laughs> wait to start talking about this because your singing career is really stunning. So you start singing when you're seven years old. Do you yeah. remember that moment when you were a little girl? When someone said to you, Colleen, you really sing well. Yes. Yep. Tell me. I was in the car singing to Mariah Carey. I don't have the same voice that I have now when I was younger, but I could do all those, you know, high, high. She's got a four octave oh, range. very right? high. Yep. And my mom was like, you have to sing. Like, we have to do something with this. So when that happens and a mom says, whoa, you're really good at this and you want to do it, you love it. How did you get started? We knew someone in town that was a singing coach, and so we kind of just jumped in with her, but it also brought us into our church. So that is really where it all began. I was seven and would do a solo at church. You practice for all week, and you're so nerve-wracking, and it was like a two- to three-minute song, and that's where it all started. You know, it's so interesting because I've had the opportunity to talk to so many superstars, and very often, it is exactly where you started. It's yeah, in church. Sure. Sometimes it's in the gospel, yes. you know, a Baptist yep. church. Sometimes it's in a Catholic church yep. where there are so many hymns, oh, yeah. so many opportunities throughout the course of the Mass to sing a song. Mm -hmm. You also were part of a group that got some really good traction here yes. in Chelmsford and then all across the country. Talk about it. Yeah, Angels Among Us. That's what kind of really pushed singing to be so frequent and we worked really hard we were together all the time I, I you know I, I feel like I spent more time with the girls I sang with and my singing teacher more than my family at times and in a good way it was it was amazing well I'm here because of our mutual friend yes. JC Dawn Valeris and she was part of Angels Among yes, Us as was. well yep there was four of us yep. so talk about the group the four of you and what life was like to be part of Angels Among Us I mean we were like sisters we were together all the time we did everything together we all had this mutual just like love and drive for music and just our voices went really well together just the age bracket went really well together. We had a lot of fun while doing it, which I think kept it together and kept it the way that it was. Talk to me a little bit about some highlights for Angels Among Us. Big venues that mm -hmm. you performed at. Um, Madison Square Garden. That was, a, that was amazing. That was a huge one. Tell me what that felt like. I mean, it felt surreal, really. I mean, going to New York and we were visiting and we're like, we're singing here. This is, this is happening. We had the matching outfits. So we, we were so excited. That felt like it was like, a big peak and a highlight for us, for sure. Did you all have a goal and a dream? You wanted to get signed to a record label? What was the... I mean, of course, I think there were always times we would sit together and be like, what are, you know, like we'd put together journals of like lyrics and poems, like, let, like what are we going to do? What's going to make us stand out? How are we going to do this? So of course we did. We definitely had a dream. We did know it would be a lot of work and a lot of luck. But we would have, I mean, I would have loved to have kept going with that forever if I could have. You learn an awful lot, though, when you're you on a stage. You learn about poise, about presence, about being part of something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And you learn to do things when maybe you're not feeling that great. It, you know, it's a commitment and definitely at a young age taught us really well that 
you know, you have, it's, it was work. It was a job. I mean, we were young and in high school and we couldn't, you know, we committed to do something and we would be there and we would do it. So you stayed in school. You weren't homeschooled. No, no. We, so it was a lot of work. Yeah. The minute we would be out of school, we'd be together. There was a lot of late nights, Christmas time or some of the things when we were still singing in church. I mean, I remember sleeping in the pews during rehearsals because, you know, we were there all night. It was a lot of work, but it was exciting. And when you love what you do, you'll do it. There came a time when all of this ended. Yes. Tell me why. So for me personally, I kind of ruined my voice. I destroyed it with just, I think, singing too much through sicknesses and just really pushing it. So I got thickening of the vocal cords, which some people aren't familiar with, but Steven Tyler has had it. Mariah Carey has had it. So a lot of them will get surgery to correct it. Julie Andrews had it and she had the surgery and she never got her voice back again. Tragic. Yeah. So that always scared me. So I kind of took a break from singing and I would three days a week drive into Mass General and do vocal therapy, which was actually just humming because, you know, the voice is just a muscle. So we would just hum and do all these exercises. So in the back of my head, I always thought, I'll go back to it. Like, I'll get it back and I'll do the work and I'll sing again. And sometimes they say vocal rest is the best thing for you. Exactly. But, you know, then I'm in college and you have to start planning and you can't just assume your voice will come back. So it kind of guided me into a different direction. When you leave the spotlight, it is easy to lose your identity Mm -hmm. because Colleen, the singer isn't singing anymore yeah was that a loss for you it was it still feels like a loss yeah I mean sometimes it can feel like almost a death it's like all you did all you know and then yeah it's no longer what you do your grandfather saw a help wanted sign on the door of a bridal shop nearby and it changed your life changed my life tell us that story he called me one day driving in the car and said, I just drove past a bridal shop in Andover and there's a help wanted sign. You should go there. You'd be great at that. And I, I was like, me? I I hadn't even been in retail. I had, I was like, what? He's like, you love fashion. You'd be wonderful at that. You should go. I was like, yeah, you're right. And I was no longer singing as much as I was. So I did need a job and, you know, to just fill my time. So I went and I applied for the job and I was so nervous at the interview. I hadn't really even done an interview before because my whole life was singing. So I remember being very nervous and she called me back two days later and said, we'd love to hire you. And so I got the job. And then I went off on vacation to visit my uncle to celebrate. And it was was spring break. I was a freshman in college. And while I was gone, my grandfather passed away. And when I got home, I was supposed to be starting at my new job. And I had to call them and say, I really do want to be here. Like, he guided me here. And I, I really know that if he thought that I lost the job because of him, he would be so disappointed. But I have to go to his services. So I do feel like that was like his last thing that he did for me. It's almost like he guided you to he right did. where you are today. Because I think I would have been lost before that. Was there anybody else in your life who was very fashion aware as you were growing up? Oh, yeah. My grandmother. So actually my grandfather's wife. It didn't matter where we were going or what we were doing. She was dressed to the nines, matching shoes, purse, everything, always 
put together. I had jokes that, you know, she would go into her bathroom and she would come out and she'd be ready to go. We never, I was like, I don't think I ever saw Nana without her full face and ready to go. Even her pajamas, everything would match, the slippers, everything. So she definitely had an impression on you. Oh, for sure. She still does. Yeah. Who were your role models when you were growing up? My mother. I don't know if I knew it as much at the time, you know, with it being your mom, but she was a single mother and she went and got her master's degree. She worked three jobs. She would be getting her master's degree, teaching and be a gym instructor. She just was go, 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 always worked so hard. And I realized it growing up once I got older, but it definitely influenced me massively. And in the middle of all that, she was helping you pursue your dreams. She was. Yeah. You've been involved in the bridal industry ever since. And at only 22, you purchased this store, Chantilly Place, which was originally located in the city of Lowell. Tell me about that moment where you said to yourself, I'm buying a store. I'm going to become a a small business owner. So that's another kind of one of those just fate situations. We were planning my sister, my older sister's wedding, and I was managing a shop in Andover. And they did know that I was always interested in purchasing my own shop, whether it be theirs or starting my own. And we were looking to design a dress for my mother as mother of the bride. Chantilly Place in Lowell does custom designing. We still do custom designing here. So we found them and were there designing the dress for my mother. And the owner at the time said, what do you do to me? And I said, well, I actually manage another bridal shop. And he said, oh, I could tell. I knew you were in the industry. And we started chatting. And he said, would, you know, I'm looking to sell. Would you be interested in purchasing? I was like, of course I do. You know, now I'm 22. Yes, let's buy it right now. <laughs> but I, you know, my mother's like, well, we're planning your sister's wedding. You need, we need to keep this quiet. Calm yourself down, Colleen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we kind of planned the whole thing in a little bit of a secret. I remember being at my sister's wedding on the day and was like, I'm buying a bridal shop. I can't keep it in anymore. And it just kind of fell into place. It was amazing. You also decided to move the store to your hometown. What is the number one way you get customers in the door at Chantilly Place? Word of mouth, honestly. I've done a million advertisements. I've done a million bridal shows. I've been in the industry now for 17 years. I've owned for 12. And the word of mouth is the number one thing. And relationships are everything in every industry, aren't they? Yes, they are. What is the key to being a successful entrepreneur? You've been doing this for a while now. Hard work. It is. It doesn't matter how long you've owned it. It doesn't matter. You can't step away from it. Like you have to still always be involved. You have to be willing to work the weekends, work the nights, work the hard hours, have the phone on, even (laughs) though you don't want it. Um, It just, yeah, it takes, it's hard work. Anyone that doesn't think that it is, they're going to be disappointed when they get into it. sorely mistaken. Yes, they are. (laughs) How did you pivot? How did you survive COVID? I had faith that it was just going to kind of come back. I do believe that this is an industry that's never going to die. People are always going to want to get married. And I knew that we would maybe have to adapt. Maybe it wouldn't be the big, huge weddings and the big ball gowns, but you know, a bride still wants a beautiful dress on her day and she's still going to want to get married. Everybody still believes in love and they're still going to get married. So I just always said, it'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. We just have to be patient. And you were right because now we do have in-person events. They're back. 
you must be losing your mind because I'm thinking that (laughs) so many of the women who said, no, I don't want to have 10 people. I want to have my 100 people. They canceled and delayed and now they all want to get married. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have like double happening now because of the postponements. I think this past year has actually been harder than 2020 with the shutdown because of we just really had to work so hard in double. We made the best of it. You know, I have to admit that sometimes I do watch Say Yes to the Dress. Of course. And of course, I see like all the drama, you know, and I see the mothers who don't get along with the <laughs> with the other mother who's going to be the mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. Do you see that in here sometimes? And how do you handle that? So that's like, a question that I get. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That's a question I get asked oh, like at least once a week. Do you watch Say Yes to the Dress? And I always say no. I live Say Yes to the Dress, so I can't go home and watch it. I have to shut down at the end of the day. Um, but it's television. It is. Right. That's not real life. And they set up real the life. too. Right. Of I, course. We... This store is meant to be fun and comfortable, and we try to divert that type of situation, for sure. You are also a single mom. I am. The toughest job I ever had, 15 years on my own. How are you doing, and are you part of the tribe that I'm in, which is, it took a village to raise my kids? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it takes a village to raise children, whether you're single or not. I do. I think, you know, family and friends, they're the support. Every parent has those hard days that you're like, I'm doing this wrong. What what am I doing? How do I do this? I need help. But it definitely takes a village for me. My family and my friends are a huge support for sure. When you were growing up, all you ever thought about was being a singer. Mm -hmm. And then that path changed. As you look back on that in the rearview mirror, what's the lesson for you here today? Life's going to surprise you. You have to just roll with it and find the next thing. You can't let like a disappointment. If I had let that bring me down, then I just wouldn't have found where I am now. And I'm happy, you know, this was a dream come true. So (laughs) what would you say is your greatest strength, that gift that you cherish the most? And maybe you've used it in not only just your personal life, but your professional life here. I think I am an adapter. I can I can roll with the punches and I'm going to find the next thing that I need to fix or that I need to work on and I'll never give up. So. I think I've used that my whole life. (laughs) Well, the next set of questions we ask everyone who sits where you are. And Colleen, thank you so much for having us in this beautiful space. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I go through it. (laughs) I don't go around it. Like a bulldozer? I do. Yeah, that's my personality. (laughs) I will charge through and I will make it happen. (laughs) And that's just who I am. (laughs) When adversity strikes, how do you get through the hard times and how do you stay hopeful? just friends and family and support. Um, I think you do need to take breaks when it really gets overwhelming. You just need to take some time, shut off the phone, shut off the social media, just take some time, lay in bed and watch your favorite show. Like, I just think that can take a lot. It, it means a lot. But if it's say yes to the dress, know that that's just <laughs> I'm not all. putting that on. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best piece of advice, Colleen, that you've ever received? And can you share that with our listeners today? I would say the best piece of advice I ever got was to ask for help. 
Um, especially with being a business owner. I think at a young age, I thought I could do it all myself. I walked in very confident, like, oh, I can do all of this. this. Yeah. And I can't. I know my (laughs) strengths now. I can design. I can put things together. I'm not a numbers girl. So you need an accountant. You need to know to ask for help and that that's okay. Be really good at what you love and what you're good at and then ask for help with the other things. Manage your weaknesses. Yes. Yes, exactly. And acknowledge them. Any words of wisdom then for a young woman who's listening to this interview, whether she wants to have her own bridal studio or whatever business she wants, any advice for her to get started? Do it. Just do it. Because you're always going to be scared. There's always going to be something that's like, oh, well, I don't know if I can do it or you won't know until you do it. So just do it. You have to just jump in. Colleen, what do you wish you knew when you first got started? You're shaking your head like, oh, God, this list is so long. I guess I wish I knew that you're going to have ups and downs and that that's okay. I think there were some days that I let really bring me down and thought, oh, this isn't going to work or you can't pull this off. So I think I wish I didn't have some of the doubts that I had at times. Do you still sing in the car? Oh, yeah. Shower, car with JC. We'll sing. If we're all together, we're going to sing a song. But yeah, I miss it every day. But the big question is, do you sing to your daughter? I do. I have been singing to her since she was in my belly. I always sing to her. In fact, sometimes this past weekend, we were driving in the car with my mother and Frozen was on and we're singing and she says, Nana, stop singing, just mama. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, you like my singing? So someone still likes it. (laughs) You're the star on her stage for sure. For now. (laughs) I believe that our definition of success changes throughout our lives. And this chapter of your life right now is pretty exciting. It is. How do you define success? For me, I just think I feel successful right now because I'm happy and you know, everybody's healthy and there's no complaints. Everything's wonderful. There's no, there's no need for anything. So to me, that's successful. I don't need any more of anything. When a bride thanks you or she stands right there in front of that mirror where we are, that's got to feel pretty good. It's the best feeling. Talk to me a little about that. Yeah, it's the best feeling. You know, yesterday we had a, a mom and a bride in here and the mom just started started crying and I don't have to know these people ever and I've been doing it for so long and it doesn't matter I always cry (laughs) I'm always like because it's just so amazing to see that moment when it just clicks of like oh my gosh I'm gonna get married in this and I'm gonna be so happy and I'm gonna look so beautiful and you can tell some people this is gonna be the fanciest and the most beautiful dress they're ever gonna wear in their life and it's the best they're gonna feel and it's nice to be able to have done that and to help them. Colleen Farley, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story today, for inviting us into Chantilly Place, among all the lace and the satin and the bows and the sparkles. And uh, what a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that's the story behind her success for this week. If you know a woman I should interview for the show, reach out and tell me about her. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. There's also a full library of stories for you to listen to anytime you need a little dose of inspiration. Follow me on Facebook at Candy O'Terry Official and on all other platforms at Candy O'Terry. And whether you're listening on one of our radio affiliates or from your smartphone, we'll have a fresh episode for you next week on the story behind her success. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise.